When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good afternoon. Welcome back. It's the Lori and Julia Show. My talk one seven on everything entertainment. Holly Roberts is in for Julia today. And, of course, tomorrow, a big day around here. It's our 11th annual Bids for Kids for Ronald McDonald House. We have a lot of amazing packages that will be up for bidding from the morning show all the way on through our show. And uh, we'll let you know uh, what those packages are and, of course, how you can make a bid. And, of course, our goal is to raise as much money as we can for an institution that does absolutely amazing work for families in need. Back to you. My brother says anyone who goes with uh, goes with us to the Lord show on, yes, at the Excel this Friday, great concert. So he has and he seen didn't Lord know the opening. Yeah, he did. Saw her about a month ago in Seattle. He said he didn't know the opening act, but really enjoyed. Cool. So yeah, that'll be uh, that's going the first on this, thing for it, bids for kids. Buy along. You just buy along. Yeah, for for uh, for our show for the Lord and Julia show. Thank you so much. Okay, and uh, who are we wishing a happy anniversary to oh, today, Oh, yes, Holly? my parents. Your they parents. are celebrating oh, really? their wedding anniversary today, 37 years wow, together. congrats. Did they get married when they were like 18? No, they got married, uh, this was uh, their second time around. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> to <laughs> each other? No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that, that would, that would be so a drama. Story. No, you know, I think my mom must have been in her, like, mid-20s, and okay. my dad was in his early 30s. All right, so. all right. Yes. That, I was to say, that's Mazel. really a great story. <laughs> They're celebrating. They're getting oh. married the second time around. Hey, well, you know. Crazy Roberts family. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, I did really just do a cartwheel in my mind when I saw that the Today Show this morning was having not only Bill Murray on, but Priscilla Presley, because... We've kind of been talking a little bit um, about this new HBO documentary. Actually, we it's been rumored this documentary has been coming for like four or five years. That it's been in the works. That it's been in the work, And it debuted at South by Southwest. And so a little bit of press came out last week. But then Priscilla Presley was on with the Today Show. And I thought, okay, we're going to uh, hear about it. But the guy who directed this Documentary. It's called Elvis Presley, The Searcher. It's going to be on HBO on Saturday, April 14th. Um, it said prior to his involvement in this uh, documentary, Zimney spent 18 years making movies with Bruce Springsteen. Wow. He said it was his desire to bring out the story of Elvis that made him want to work on the project. He said, I don't go down any roads of gossip or backstory. I don't had no interest in the Memphis Mafia or the Cadillac giving away. I wanted to find out about 
Elvis, the music, and to get a truer sense of him because over a lot of times he Elvis became a caricature. Of course, yeah, he's right. he's a myth at this point. Yeah, and what you lose is a sense of history. And he said, and I wanted to show the influence is on Elvis. He lived in the music and it was always in his life. And so true. And of course, uh Priscilla Presley and Elvis's longtime friend Jerry Schilling, who was the youngest member of the Memphis Mafia, mm. he was like nineteen. He was the little brother of somebody else, and Elvis was like thirty. So and so he took him in. He's the yeah. That's why he's very involved, Jerry Schilling. Yeah, Jerry in a lot of Schilling, stuff. I think, was there. Maybe when he met Nixon, I'm not sure. But anyways, yeah, yes. So, but he's a younger guy, and then uh, so let's play a little of. Um, uh, I think it was Hoda who sat down with Priscilla today. Elvis would have been 83 years old. 83. Hard to believe. Does it, does it seem like that much time has passed? No, not really. I mean, I'm living it, real, especially in this, this footage and this film. It's just been uh, so heartwarming and quite emotional in every way. The film covers him, obviously, from his early days until his untimely death. And we were just talking with Bill Murray about just his funeral and how everyone wanted to be a part of that. What do you What do you remember of that time? You know, I was in a still shocked. It was yeah. just too hard to believe. And you know, going out the gates in the limo and seeing the streets lined up on both sides, all the way to the cemetery. It was, you see glimpses, you see people crying, hysterical, fainting, and that's how impactful it was. And still to this day, people come around the same time and they're all there. Yeah, I, I believe that. And what a what a weird experience to have when, you know, somebody so close to you passes. Yeah, and, and then, da- you have a daughter, and you have a she's daughter, nine. So you're managing that very personal his father, experience. you know, yeah. her father-in-law. And, and true. everyone was like looking to Priscilla. And mm-hmm. I guess she and Elvis stayed very, even though they were in their own way, both heartbroken about the divorce, he, they stayed very close. Yeah, yeah. Well, and obviously. talked all the time, and she was the executor of his estate. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really incredible. Oh, why couldn't that have happened to Prince? Oh, I know, yeah. I know. All right, let's play the next one. When you bring up Elvis's name to a to a bunch of different people, you watch their eyes soften. And I, I, I think I read somewhere where you said one of Elvis's fears was that he would be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Why was yeah. that one of his fears? Do you think? You know, he just. I think, you know, he he. Uh, accomplished a lot in his life uh i think that you know no knowing that fans uh loved him appreciated mm-hmm. him his body of work of course how popular he was he you know wondered how the fans would remember him if they would if they would uh, that's so would. crazy when you think about yes. that right it really well, is it's incredible because now everybody knows who Elvis is. Whether you're familiar with his music or his movies or anything that he did, you understand how important a man he was in pop culture. Yeah. You just know. Yeah, it's so true. Um, and then this, the last cut is just talking a little bit about this uh, documentary. This documentary is awesome in so many ways. It's a lot about Elvis's music. Yes. And you have different people talking about his music from Bruce Springsteen to Tom Petty to yourself. We don't see you guys, though. This is really about 
Elvis and video and, and, and film we haven't seen before, right? Right, absolutely. Tom Zimney, who's our director, brilliant. He did uh, Bruce Springsteen's documentary as well. So he just uh, dove into this project. He went to Graceland, saw all the archives, brought things from the archives that I have never seen. We have Gladys singing in this, uh, in this footage as well. There's a recording. Uh, I didn't even know that that was there. Of course, I don't go through the archives and look right, for everything. Sure. But he had carte blanche to go and came out with some unbelievable things I've never seen. He wanted so yeah. much to be sort of in the movies, too. He wanted to evolve. Yes, he did. But he seemed like he was sort of kept in a box, whether by fans or managers or something, like trapped a little bit. He was, and you'll get answers in this film. This is a film that many people have asked about meaning wanting to know, have, have questions about Colonel Parker, yeah. his management, his label, all that is in here. The frustrations that he had, people have talked about it before, but why? Why was he so frustrated? What was the problem? I know, why was he, you know, so upset about his movies? But mm -hmm. this is the man behind the music that I think will answer the questions. It's emotional, but yet beautiful at the same time. And you walk away, if you, if you came loving him, mm -hmm. you'll walk away loving him even more because it, is, it makes him more human. People see him as rock and roll, the entertainer of the world, yeah. movies, but here you're even closer to him because it's very revealing. Oh, I can't wait. I, I can't, can't wait. wait. I know. Because again, exactly like Priscilla said, you have an idea of who Elvis is mm -hmm. in your mind, whatever kind of relationship you have. But at the end of the day, he was a real guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and a real artist. I know. And, you know, and Graceland, I mean, they have, it's incredible what they have done, what Priscilla has done in Graceland Enterprises, but what they've done. And, you know, I'd like to just remind everybody that, Graceland Enterprises has been asked, and I talked to the publicist last year, every single superstar in the music business that has passed away since Elvis died, Graceland Enterprises has been approached. Will you run the estate? Will you run what we have? Oh my you know, God. Well, naturally, look okay. what they've done with Graceland okay. and his legacy. And what is the only other artist and it just was they just accepted it a year ago or a year and a half ago? Prince. Yeah. Why? Because there are so many similarities yep. between mm. Prince mm -hmm. and Elvis, just in terms of their scope, their reach, their talent. Well, also they have a geographical location they, that's very specific yeah. to them. That and needs Prince to be bought, great, it bought Paisley Park yes. early in his career, like Elvis did with Graceland. They both were... Um, they saved everything they loved flashy they liked you know the costume they were both equally fine with men and women admiring them they loved beautiful women they loved and they yeah. both and i guess you know prince the the we talked to the graceland archivist who was here last year for the paisley park celebration and she said even at graceland they haven't finished fully archiving everything and Elvis has been gone how long? And she said Prince employed a archivist for some years, but because he wore his stage costumes also off stage, but he filmed everything, and they just they they will painstakingly. I mean, Paisley Park one day will be. 
I mean, it is really cool the way it is right now, but it. But they're just getting the, started because they haven't had the time. They, the movie and this documentary that, that have never been seen. The eye, yeah, Priscilla Presley yeah. have never even. Yeah, it's seen. incredible. So, so ooh, I'm excited. And one little, uh, just speak, saying on Prince real quickly. There's this big, huge, amazing interview with Donatella Versace in the uh, May issue of GQ. I think it's the May issue of GQ. And it's really, if you've been uh, obsessed or fascinated with Versace or the new FX show, this is a must-read interview. But she does let the reporter know that um, they they were talking about harassment and what it was like in Italy. And then she let it, she just said, and Prince and I also had a very serious conversation about Black Lives Matter. He decided to be the face of the Black Lives Matter. That's what he wanted. And he said, you need to be with me. And I was ready to do it. Hmm. And he he told her that they were at the Boom Boom Room in New York mm-hmm. a few months before he died. And, and she just said, you know, she just let that just drop just, because they, Me Too came up and she yes. talking about how she was going to be involved. And social justice movements. Yes, well, wow. and he what, died soon after making that thing. Wow, so I was just like, wow. And of course, been? Versace, I, I do always think of Versace as sort of being the first designer that really was in bed with and dressing musicians. Oh, of course. Ooh, yeah. You know, yeah, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, all around that same time, really having that relationship with the music, with, with Madonna, music and, the, yes. and, and Prince has worn Versace, yep. and you know, just like... Very rock and roll. Very rock and roll. So anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing yes. to come out of that interview. And yes, everybody, uh, Prince did write the synth line on Janelle Monet's make me feel have you heard that song yes i have love that very song. princess-esque oh, yeah boy, love it i love janelle yeah. monet so glad she's back with new music yeah yeah and she uh yeah so he did write that and he was working on so people say ah oh, that sounds like prince well the, it is. they were working it is. all right we'll be right back with the dirt alert this is a my talk dirt alert Hey, Elizabeth. Well, hi, girls. How are you? Well, I'm wondering what we're going to talk about today. We've been all over the place. I know. That's how I'm feeling when I'm preparing for the Dirt Alert. It is an all-over-the-place kind of a day. Uh, Let's get this story out of the way. Fred Savage accused of harassment and assault on the set of the show Grindr. What is going on? This sounds a little weird and messy. Thank you, Holly. Yes, you are absolutely right. So, for his part, Fred Savage and the network Fox, which airs the grinder have both vigorously denied the allegations now there's a crew member whose name is young ju huang she filed a lawsuit against fred savage and fox uh today accusing him of creating a hostile work environment berating her and on at least one occasion physically assaulting her you know what and it's not free to file a lawsuit so when somebody files a lawsuit i just believe them it Mm -hmm. happened it's expensive to Mm -hmm. do to take this action yeah and when you're a wardrobe stylist, you don't make a lot of money. It's like the woman who worked for Ryan Seacrest. I believe sure. her too. Sure, yeah. and it's interesting in the details of the story. Yeah. It's that you know people. She went yeah. to another showrunner of the show, and they said, "Well, yeah, that's just, just Fred." Yeah, yeah. Don't bother. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Or with this. So she claims that when she was brushing dandruff off of Savage's clothing for a shoot, he violently struck her on her arm three times. Mm -mm. She says that he would often also roll his eyes and glare at her and that he had a reputation for being verbally abusive to female crew members. Uh, She was in a news conference today saying she was scared of the abuse and what she'd have to encounter on any given day at work and claimed that her superiors encouraged her not to report Fred Savage's conduct because they, too, were scared of losing their jobs. Um, she says that there was an executive producer who said, I'm not even sure what Fred did constitute, uh, constituted harassment. And I don't think you should report it to HR. Oh, so boy. she's seeking unspecified damages classic. for emotional distress. That's a classic. Can't you just see some boss just saying that? Too? Well, here's yeah. what Fred Savage had to say. He says these claims are co- absolutely untrue. He issued a statement to page six about it, um, went on talking about uh, witnessing tremendous courage from women in terms of the Me Too movement. Um, he says, as someone who's always tried to live honorably and with integrity, it never dawned on me that my name could be on the other side. I was made aware that a woman working in the costume department of a show I was on almost three years ago has claimed that I treated her harshly on set simply because she was a woman. These accusations are completely without merit. And I was absolutely an a-hole to everybody. Oh, of Let me add that in there. For, I, was an I was an equal opportunity a-hole mm, to everybody. He, Man, Fred Savage. This is the second story yeah. in yes. like a month that we've heard of Fred Savage mm, not being was, little Kevin what was Arnold. The, other one? the, the one, Wonder Years. He the was Wonder Years. Of. Ian is the guy who played his brother on the yes. show settled oh. with a woman who said that 16 and 18 year old uh, the two Jason brothers Hervey, Hervey, right? harassed her sexually harassed her and they settled that out of court yeah, for an did. undisclosed sum yeah man well kevin arnold i know and i love fred savage and i really wanted him to be kelly ripa's co-host yeah remember well, how good he was at that gig he was mm, yeah, she, he and was. you know and now she's got seacrest who's got, got his own issues oh, she's probably oh. thinking i can't get away from these guys and he is they are so busy pretending nothing is happening there you know you're so it's very awkward american idol that guy at abc is going to end up getting fired that ben sherwood you know that don't oh you? yeah this has been a this is going to go down as a big expense of one show one season one, wonder one season thing it's a lot of money there, I mean, the thing was, though, it was like it would have to be so with the amount that they were spending on this. It was almost unrealistic to expect success. You're setting yourself up yeah, for well, being in a really and tough spot. Also, spending so much money on something nobody asked for. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, do you have you watched it, Elizabeth? Yeah, I watched. I watched the first Wasn't um, it couple painful? nights. Well, I didn't watch that much of it. Oh. So I watched like when I watched a few, you know, like twenty minutes of it. I really thought it was fun and I liked it. And I was watching. My daughter was watching it, and it was yeah. great. That being said, then you fast forwarded to the second two night set, oh, and my colleagues were saying the struggle was is that there are just too many stories. Yeah, it's like so many stories, so many backstories, and that they're letting too many people through. So the idea was to make it like a kinder story. (laughs) And my gosh, are they hiding Seacrest? They are hiding him. You barely know he's part of the show. (laughs) They've practically edited him out. 
It's a tough. I, th- I mean, that being said, there are a lot of like it looks really beautiful. I think it's shot beautifully. I mean, I think it was just it's Katy Perry was really expensive, and that was just another example of like a huge, huge expense for this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. let's talk about um, some other TV news, shall we? Okay. Listen yes. to this. Hallmark is going to debut 34 new holiday movies oh, in 2018. It's all the same movie, isn't it? It's just it doesn't matter. Matter. Uh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Donnie, one's take, takes place in a coffee shop. Yes. The other one takes place in a small town <laughs> diner. Then the other one has to do with like mismatched sisters who like sleep with each other's husbands. Oh, but then, so good. but then they don't sleep with each other. They just like get to like maybe like half of first base. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Wonder Years, Danica McKellar, who last year was on Coming Home for Christmas, she will star in one of Hallmark's Hallmark Channel's 22 films. So they're going to have they will have 34 total. Some of them will air on Hallmark Channel and then the others will air on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Can you even stand it? Ooh, a holiday no. mystery? Mark your what? calendar for November 4th because that's when it starts. I tried to watch one of these this past holiday season with Candace Cameron and she plays identical twin sisters and then they <laughs> trade lives with oh, each yeah. other. Oh my gosh. It was so it was so bad. But the good thing is is that people like Dana Mc, Danica McKellar and all these people from my childhood are are retaining work. I know. So, so good for them. And so they like, the and it's not stressful and it's just like easy breezy to watch. It's like a lobotomy, but for yeah. free. <laughs> Netflix and 13 Reasons Why are taking some big straps, steps to address the controversy that followed the season, uh, first season of the show. We all know that the series deals with teen suicide, bullying, drunk driving, uh, sexual assault and rape in graphic detail and it has been criticized. So there are going to be new title cards with advisories that will play before the season one episode. Those are already on and they've added a new level of warning beginning with season two. Um, It's going to be a new video that will auto play in advance of the first episode in each season saying it's a fictional series that tackles tough real world issues. So we'll see if this appeases the critics. Sure. I think that's appropriate to have yeah. in front of that show. No, I think so too. It's mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I have. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, we got Kenny with the traffic, and we come back. We have vintage scandal, everybody. Okay. All right. Right on. Thank you, my dear. This one's sponsored by Account Temps. Most of the Metro actually looking pretty good right now. There are a few a few trouble spots, though, we can talk about, like Eastbound 494. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. Can't wait. I just asked Holly, I said, do you ever get tired of any, you know, vintage scandal that has to do with Keith Richards and Mick Jagger? And I looked at Lori and I was like, who are you talking to? Of course not. There is vintage scandal for days, months, years. About Mick and Keith. Bring it on. Mick and Keith. And, you know, they're getting ready to embark on a European tour. Yes, I read that. Which can only mean that maybe we're going to get another U.S. tour. And um, did you see them when they were down at U.S. Bank Stadium? I did not. Did you? Yeah. Were they good? Amazing. Amazing. It was so good. And I, you know, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to see them. Four other times. Mm. So I'm on the steel mm. wheels tour. You know, it you was know. one of those things where I was on the fence the last time oh. at U.S. Bank Stadium. But I so think if they roll into town again, it was I think really I amazing yes. how really good they were and that chemistry and dynamic with the band. And, 
just there really is the, the, glim, the glimmer. Tw- I mean, they really are everything. So there's kind of this, uh, you know, renewed interest because Keith Richards, he has always they have been together for 56 money spending blues crunching well, years, right. which 62. is incredible. I mean, who thought when they were exchanging records Back in London when they were teenagers that mm-hmm. they would be here right now. Well, they met um, at primary school mm-hmm. and yeah. then as teenagers, of course, formed the band. And all that time, they have feuded over everything as long as they've been together from the petty. Yes. About Keith Richards' timekeeping, Jagger's love of camp to the explosive, which one of the most explosive things that happened in their friendship was, of course, Keith's drug addiction. Yes. And for Keith Richards... It was Mick Jagger accepting a knighthood. That was one of the mm. things that really threw. Really? Well, of course, over because Keith edge. is not mm. about any of that kind of no. stuff. No. And women too have always been oh, a flashpoint. Yes. Oh, they shared I mean, that's an understatement. The favors of '60s beauties, including Marianne Faithful and Anita Pallenberg, mm-hmm. um, and they've fallen out over others. Most notably, Mick Jagger's first wife Bianca, whom Keith Richards heartily disliked. Did Did you guys know that? No, I I didn't know that that. they didn't get along. And I guess Keith Richards, if asked with his, in a group of friends, he will deliver a really spot on wicked impression of Keith, of Mick Jagger's, you know, waggling dance moves, which are just classic. (laughs) Um, And in his book, Life, which did you read that? I did. Yeah. I did. Fantastic. And it's so good. His observation that Mick Jagger, who is, I mean, he's a, he's a legend as far as, you know, like he, here he is, this guy who the way he looks, but has just been with all these beautiful women. And, oh, of course. I mean, he's kind of a quite well, a Romeo. Yes. Well, he, he's world. known and especially, I mean, he's still a virile man. Yes. And he'd like you to know. Remember Keith told us he had a tiny todger. Yes, he yes. did. Yes, of course. And I it caused that. a gigantic upset. They were not speaking <laughs> to each other. And then oh. two weeks ago, he did an interview with the Wall Street Journal, and he was asked about Mick Jagger fathering a child with ballet dancer, uh, whatever her name is, two years ago at the age of 73. And he said, Mick's a randy old bastard. It's time for the snip. You can't be a father at that age. Those poor kids. Within hours, Keith was backtracking because... The tour is upcoming this summer, and so he tweeted, I deeply regret the comments I made about Mick and the Wall Street Journal, which were completely out of line. I have, of course, apologized to him in person. And in an interview with a British newspaper after the Wall Street Journal story, he went further to suggest at least a veneer of camaraderie. He said, Mick and I live off the fire between us. We were made for each other. It's like putting on an old glove man. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, a glove man. But he concedes they stay away from each other when not on stone business. And those close to the band uh, told the Wall Street Journal they expect the deep freeze between them to continue. They will travel separately with their own entourages on tour 
never visit each other's dressing rooms. They are reported to barely speak. Yet Marianne Faithful once said, of all of Mick Jagger's relationships, the only one that really means anything to him is the one he has with Keith. I believe that. I believe that. I, I you so know, why I, does Keith Richards keep aggravating Mick Jagger? Is it sort of just because he probably knows it gets the older it, yeah. <laughs> Donnie, no, you're yeah. exactly. Really? It's, it's so fun. fun. It gets under Mick Jagger's skin. Yeah, he knows it gets under his he skin. He knows that yeah. it will. And I mean, he stepped back. He apologized, of course, to make the peace because yeah. it, it, a tour is a massive undertaking yeah. that involves many, many individuals, and it's like a traveling city. Yeah. At this point, the Rolling Stones, I would argue, their tour is a traveling city. So you know, he's he's making the peace, whatever. Okay. But I feel like, I mean, look, if you look at the cover. Of the Wall Street Journal magazine, Keith Richards on the cover. He has that mischievous twinkle he in his does. eye. Oh, yeah. Like he and him, I think with Keith, it's always been about the music. It's been about the love of the music, and Keith Richards just kind of wants to play. He wants yeah. to be in the Rolling Stones, and if and Mick Jagger seems, you know, he is about the music, but he's also about. The business of the Rolling yeah, Stones. Yeah, which they could. I mean, they're kind of they yin, and yang. yin and yang. But they, they feed again, like uh, what Keith said, they feed off the fire of each other. And there is something to be said for somebody that, like, the first time they met, they were Keith Richards was seven. Oh, yeah. And Mick Jagger was showing off a chemistry set to a teacher. Yes. Well, and I Mick, didn't realize they were that young. They were yeah. that young, and then they met. bumped into each other again. Uh, nine years later at a, at a train station right. and two years later the Rolling Stones were founded in 1962 and initially they were very close when fame hit just two years later in 64. 1964 yeah. conflict took root because Mick Jagger with his whole androgynous look became an object for frenzied fans yeah. and he loved it and Keith Richards was devoted to the blues and couldn't stand teeny boppers and was deathly afraid of the teenage fans. And at that point, each of them thought they were the soul of the Stones. Of course. Well, and then you could argue that the Rolling Stones was Brian Jones's band at one point in the mid-60s. Yeah, but, but then, we're not talking about we're those not, No, we're not talking about Brian <laughs> like, Jones. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there would there was conflict and, and yes. being swept up in that whole mania of girls and other things. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Mick, uh, Keith Richards, uh, you know, he said it best, mix rock and I'm roll. Yeah. That's how he's totally. described it. Totally. And uh, one of the things, I guess ever since the 70s, Mick Jagger gets disparaged and given a lot of grief by Keith Richards. Keith refers to him as Brenda. Oh, okay. Her Royal Highness or the Queen Mother because he's such a social climber in his faintly effeminate Mm. manner. Mm -hmm. And apparently he's been known to comment if her Royal Highness had her way, we'd be playing in bleep and panto. Oh, uh, like pantomime. Pantomime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And while he will concede on occasion that Mick Jagger is the best front man in rock history, he's more likely to take a swipe at the well preserved singer who does a grueling daily fitness regime, which you can tell he's very fit. And he said, Keith Richards just says he's. He doesn't like his social pretensions that Mick Jagger has. Sure. Understandable. And, um, of course, they used to share a love of narcotics. And uh, the Stones, 
American tour 1972, we read about it in Keith Richards' book, Life, is considered the most debauched rock and roll <laughs> tour of all time. That's saying a lot. Because it was a marathon of sexual and narcotic indulgence in like massive ways. Yeah. And again, that says a lot. There are a lot of debauchers tours in the early 70s yeah, in rock I can and think roll. About like Led Zeppelin or a band like that. According sure. to Robert Greenfield of Rolling, Rolling Stone magazine, every kind of drug was available uh, to them in 72, including a four foot long line of cocaine, which was laid gosh. out on a mirror oh, and consumed it. in a matter oh, of yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Then in 1976, Mick Jagger gave up drugs for girlfriend Jerry Hall. And from that point forward, got mad at Keith Richards about the drugs. And, of course, Keith Richards almost died after a Stones concert in 76. Yeah. Because he had a habit of taking a small snort of heroin while driving, which caused him to drive his Bentley into the central reservation of the M1. Oh, which is a huge highway. Yeah. Main highway. And during later concert tours, Richards was reputed to smoke dirty cigarettes laced with heroin on stage with Ronnie Wood. And Richards got clean from heroin in 81, but drove uh, Mick Jagger crazy because he would drink and be really drunk. Yeah. And Mm. their 1981 tour, which was the first time I saw the Stones, um, Is that for Tattoo You? or no, no, I don't even think it was Tattoo You. I can't remember what it was. It was at the old Civic Center. I was living up in Duluth, and I remember I went and got a whole new outfit. Oh for, my, of course Including a glitter of, headband. Yes! That I, yes! <laughs> I know. Uh, but that was the, one of the most profitable in rock history in 81. Now, think about what the ticket prices were in 81, too. Oh, probably, so. yeah. Not very much. But um, anyway, he that always drove... Mick crazy. It was the Tattoo You tour. It was the Tattoo You. Yes. Okay, there it was. Glitter headband. Yeah, and so while Richards was getting into the drug addiction, Mick Jagger was taking action to make the fortune for all of the bands. Yes. And he just, the Voodoo Lounge, He Mick Jagger hired Prince Rupert von Lowenstein. Oh. Oh, him. To establish the Stones as a money-making machine. And uh, yeah, the, the Voodoo, Voodoo Lounge in 94-95 grossed um, like $300 million. Yeah, it was a big deal. The I Bigger that. Bang. Mm-hmm. That started in 2005 and 2007. Took almost $500 million, More than a million dollars a day. And... Um, Anyway, and they got mad at each other, you know, when Mick Jagger made a solo album in 85, that caused a riff, and um, uh, also as Jagger's marriage to Jerry Hall ended after he impregnated the Brazilian swimsuit model. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He told an interview, I've never started a relationship just for the purpose of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Chicks are too precious for that. No one ever divorced me. It boils down to the fact I've never just been interested in a lay. Wow. Yeah. Romantic words. And and, and Keith Richards went crazy when Mick Jagger took his knighthood in 2003, and he almost pulled out of the mega tour. He said, I don't want to step out with Brenda wearing a coronet in the old ermine. (laughs) It was a sellout. He he, he sold out. Yeah. 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 Selling out to the queen. And, of course, through the famous in May 2000, 2010, he pulled out of an appearance in Cannes to promote the Stones documentary Shine a Light because he felt the movie is more about Mick Jagger. And in 1989, the Steel Wheels tour was delayed by a row over Shepherd's Pie. 
I like he, that they keep it wow. real throughout yeah. the years. You know what? Yeah. They're just they're just gonna fight and get and mad at each other. Then they'll make up and yeah. yeah, get on with it. Keith Richards says nobody busts my crust in my shepherd pie but me. One doesn't exist without the other. And Mick Jagger right. doesn't think the next Rolling Stone will be their last. So the next Rolling Stone tour that's happening this yeah, year is going to the be their last. No, it's not. All right, good, very well then. Then I don't have to be so urgent about no. getting right. a ticket. Listen, we got to go. It's time for favorite headlines. Holly, you've been absolutely perfect today. Donnie, you've been perfect except for your terrible factor fiction questions. So geeky. That's debatable. Yeah, I know. Let's just try and go like a little bit more like, I don't know, fun. Yeah. Less what? animals. Jeez. Less animals. Less planets, maybe. Yeah, let's plan it. Let's plan it. Okay. Right. Favorite headline today, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway extended through December 15th. This show this was show. only supposed to run for six weeks, starting back in October. I think this is like its third or fourth extension. Third yeah. time. Third time. Mm. There's 81 additional shows. December 15th is now being called the final show. Mm-hmm. And um, they're doing it because uh, uh, the tremendous number of fans. Here's what you got to do. You have to go to the LuckySeat.com. It's a digital lottery. So you just have to go, and you don't know if you're going to get a ticket or not. It's not like you can go to Ticketmaster. You'll have an option to buy it, and this is how they're keeping the bots from buying up the tickets. Uh, Good. That's good. Good. Yeah. This is something I would see. I've never been like huge in Bruce Springsteen, Uh, but to see him in such an an intimate uh, setting would just be incredible. So that's what you got to do. The LuckySeat.com to do a digital lottery for these Springsteen on Broadway tickets. Okay. The first time I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert, I, I can't remember who I went. I think I was with Casey. And I said, why are they booing him? And he goes, they're yelling Bruce. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't. I it like, all no. makes sense Who now. are these Never rude mind. people booing Bruce Springsteen? Why are they heckling him? He's not bad. I know. What? All right. All right you wanted to hear this new Keith Urban song, right? I do. And okay. he's coming to the Target Center in November. And I love him so much. Yeah, all right, let's hear him. There. It's called Coming Home. Okay. A wicked feeling in my soul. Living someone else's life I'm turning into concrete Harder than these city streets When no one even cares if I'm alive I gotta get it right mm. Get it right Mm-mm. There's a place that I know that they all know me I gotta get back now his upcoming album sounds like a Prince album, Graffiti U, yeah. which is the letter U. I don't know how I feel about this song. Yeah, I guess Merle uh, Haggard is getting a writing credit because there's a sample of Merle Haggard's Mama Tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we hear that. I don't know that. how I feel about the drums and the finger snaps and the weird and the pop elements to this, yeah. but I mean, Keith well, Urban said It's a completely it. pop song. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a totally... Country pop well, that's what all. I mean. That's yeah. where it's like, I like <laughs> Keith Urban as a country artist. He's, he's yeah. fantastic. He has a beautiful voice and... Yeah, I don't true. know that I didn't hear where the mama's I, tried. I don't know. I, I didn't. Tell maybe you. it was later on in the he song. He said that's well known to, that's a Telecaster line that's no well known to country fans. So that's what oh, he's thrown well, in okay. for the country people. 
Well, oh, good, and they oh, threw right. in the finger snaps for oh, yeah. the pop oh, people. You know, I mean, country radio <laughs> oh, will play it regardless. Don't they get will. me started. Oh, yeah. They oh, will. Well, yeah, just yes, I'll be playing that. As long as we're talking about uh, Keith Urban and Nicole, you know, Keith, Nicole is reuniting with uh, Big Little Lies writer David E. Kelly, who's married to Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's going to start in a limited series called The Undoing, mm-hmm. which did we read that book? Did we have uh, that book re- on? I don't recall. Nicole Kidman will play this. Grace Sachs, a successful therapist on the verge of publishing her first book, but her life is rocked by a series of tragedies, including a chain of terrible revelations about the man she thought she knew and the disappearance of her husband. Ooh. Oh. And D- David E. Kelly will write the sc- screenplay, and it's based on a novel called You Should Have Known. Did you read that? Which is a book I that I think know. I did read. And I, Donnie, look up Gene Half. Look up You Should Have Known and see oh, if that's no, the author who time. died. Who died right yeah. after the book was published. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person's still alive. Okay, fine. Well, <laughs> this person, you're welcome. This person's still alive. Pretty much done still here. writing. All right. Well, it sounded like this That book came book. out in 2014, so maybe that rings a bell for you. All right. And David E. Kelly wrote all the episodes of Big Little Eyes, and that was adapted from a book. So I'm excited. Yeah. So that's happening. And In Touch is making up a story that Nicole <laughs> and Keith went to a marriage counseling boot camp. Okay. Thank you, In Touch, yeah. for the made-up headline. We appreciate that it That is very today. true. And Justin <laughs> Bieber is trying to make Selena jealous by going home with Mr. Girls. Well, the same Mr. Girl two yeah. weekends in a row. Her name is Baskin Champion. Stay away. <laughs> Donnie loves that name. That. What's the name? name? Baskin Champion. That's her name. I don't even know. I know. Well, were I they folding socks and putting it in a basket? <laughs> when I, I mean, 31 flavors? 31 flavors. Oh, boy. We got it.